Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Nerds Amalgamated. I'm the Professor and I have my co-host, the DJ and Bucky. How are you going, DJ? Oh, I'm going good, doing good. Being hyped up for Good Friday tomorrow. Need the need the holiday. Yeah, you're still a slave to the assignments. <laughs> what about you, Bucky? Yeah, I'm still a slave to his assignments as well. This is why you never offered a proofread for someone. Ah, uh, I don't mind helping him out. That is the nicest thing he has ever said about the DJ on a recording. I know, he he did say a couple of nice ones, but... But yeah. on a recording, which means we're going to have to throw this one away and start again. <laughs> no, I, okay, I'll go on the record. From his first assignment to this one, his writing style has improved dramatically. That's the natural learning neural network in, in a practice. No, 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 this is... Much more than normal. This is going going through the buck school of um, physical altercations and dragging you, kicking and screaming into an improved writing style. Uh, all good. I think I'm embarrassing him now. I'm being I'm being bashful. Stop. <laughs> he said the same thing last night as well. <laughs> yeah, I think we're not doing it right. We're being too nice to him. Oh, last night it wasn't. It was more. It was, uh, he was telling me to stop when I was punching him in the arm. Ah. Uh, anyway, uh, on to saying nice things to animals. Ah, that's an awful segue, but I'm keeping it. Our first topic tonight is from the DJ about a Doctor Doolittle movie. Ah, so Robert Downey Jr., fam- famous actor for playing so many roles, fictional and real. And oh life. yeah, like that guy who was high on cocaine. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so as I was saying, um, so he's got a new character to add to his impressive resume uh, <laughs> as Dr. Doolittle in the, in the movie The Voyage of Dr. Which is a remake of a remake. There is nothing new under the sun. Now is the remake of the remake or is it a remake of the original? Oh. Because <laughs> I'm looking at the dress style and so forth seems more in line with <coughs> the old original rather than the eddie murphy abomination true it looks like um yeah john cena is playing yoshi a polar bear <laughs> there are a couple um, it's, it's star, star. they got the genealogy wrong there yoshi is not a polar bear i don't know I remember there, there was that famous polar bear with the japanese name what was her name again yoshi yeah. is a dinosaur dj no, I meant there was a polar bear with that very famous name. I think it was in Singapore. Was it? No, not Singapore. Um, I know you Sing- said Japan before, and now it's Singapore. Yeah. I, There's some, somewhere in Asia, there was a polar bear with a name. He died, uh, The polar bear diaries. No, I'm not maybe Canute, I think it was. Or... Uh, well, that's, yeah, that Canute, Canute and That's Yoshi. a very different name to Yoshi. Yeah, you do know. That's a Scandinavian name. I know, I'm saying there was an Asian um there was a polar bear with an Asian name uh, in captivity. I think they, they had to put her down a couple of years back. I forgot. I don't know whether it was Canute or someone else. Well, yeah. Canute's not an Asian name. It's Inuka? Oh, in, in, yeah, Inuka. That's Indian, a uh, uh, um, Native American name. Okay. Keep digging. <clears throat> but, uh, I've been saying nice things about him and look at what's happened. It's gone to his head. But um, besides the um, John Cena, Yoshi the polar bear, a couple of it's pretty star studded with the voices. So you got, for example, Ralph Fiennes playing as Barry the Tiger. Uh, Selena... A a tiger, not the tiger. All oh, right, a tiger. My mistake. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of other tigers in the movie, but they aren't voiced by Ralph. Uh, you also have Selena Gomez as Betsy a giraffe. Uh, Tom Holland as Jip a dog. Uh, can I maybe... just can I just say how? Weird it is that Selena Gomez is going to be playing a giraffe when she's as close to having no neck as the guy out of um, Rocky, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Meatloaf? No, no, no. The guy who plays the part of the narrator. Oh, yes. If you ever, if you ever go watch it with a group of the diehard fans who do all the extra shout-outs and voiceovers, whenever he comes on, they always shout-out, Where's your neck? <laughs> um, she's got a very small neck to start with secondly she's a tiny little person yet she's playing a giraffe doing the voice of a giraffe well, intended here, but that's a playing bit of, a dog that's a bit of a stretch they've got tom holland playing a dog he's a pile of dust <laughs> oh. 
Uh, who else do they have? They have Rami Malik as Chi Chi Gorilla. Octavius. He's also not much of a gorilla. He's pretty weedy. Mm-hmm. Um, Octavia Spencer as Dab Dab, a duck. Da- what is with these names? Well, the original movie's from 1967. So, you know, the 60s. They were probably on LSD. <laughs> but well, I have to say, Marion Cotillard playing a fox. Okay, I can't argue with that one. That one works. And Francis Delatour is playing Ginkgo Who Soars. But there is no animal associated with that character. Would that be the moth? There is a moth. Um, you remember in the he's in the original movie he was chasing after the um giant pink the giant pink Patagonian moth or something. I'll admit I don't remember seeing any of them. Ah, you got to go watch it. It's it, I I always enjoy watching the original Doctor Who and Doctor Doolittle. That's a bit of a difference, although the dogs can't talk to animals. And it's also the, uh, like, it's, they've got the original style of special effects and so forth. And it didn't take them, they didn't take themselves too serious with some of the stuff either in the original Doctor Who. They were having fun. Yeah. So can, so in this version, you reckon we'll see Robert Downey Jr. singing that walk to, walk with the animals, talk to the animals. I'm going to mute you right there. <laughs> um, I don't know whether he can sing, but in the original, he wasn't really singing. It was more of a, we could walk with the animals and talk with the animals. It was just more of a poetry sort of reading to music, huh. which he could, he could do. Okay, so um, Robert Downey Jr. has sung with Sting. Oh, well, there you go. So apparently he must have some talent. Either that or lots of money and good drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, his only album was called The Futurist. My favourite um, one here, though, is uh, Craig Robinson as a mouse. This is the guy who plays Doug Judy in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I've so associated this guy's voice with uh, Doug Judy. I don't think I'll be able to separate it for this movie. <laughs> oh, this guy. I've seen this guy. Um, at really? Pontiac Bandit. Oh yeah, I, I've seen him in a different route, um, different show. It was um, the Pineapple Express, it was a funny. <laughs> actually, this is going to be very different to the original because in the original you didn't actually hear the animals talking back. It was just the one parrot. Who in this one is going to be being voiced by Emma Thompson? So the uh, parrot acted as the intermediary between well, Doctor Doolittle and the animals. She taught Doctor Doolittle how to talk to all the different languages of all the different animals. Okay. So when he when he spoke to the animals, it was you just had their normal like whatever noise they made. So if you're talking to a horse, the horse would just do its little standard noises or whatever, and he would have a conversation with it that way. Same with the dogs and the cats, which had the famous scene uh, in the court where the um, cat was saying about how the judge was stealing an extra helping of pie for dinner the night before. Such a criminal. Mm-hmm. So That's yeah, nice. this is going to be. This is looking like it's going to be very different to the original. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to have a bit of a um, Robert Downey Jr., um, Sherlock Holmes twist sort of feel to it in some ways. Yeah, I th- he's adaptable. I can see that happen. Yeah, and it's so they'll, uh, they'll have it as period sort of style, but um, or maybe it'll be more modern. I don't know. Uh, they won't make it as make it as um, stylish as the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes because the director for this. But this one was famous for the movie Traffic. And what so you're saying? He's substandard. I'm saying he might do some. He might do a different style to the Guy Ritchie, to the Guy Ritchie style move of um, period movie. Any opinions voiced by the DJ or opinions of the DJ only? Please do not sue us. <laughs> all I'm all I'm saying is I think he'll do maybe like a document. Well, like different, like in the movie Traffic, for example. Like, well, this is the, sorry. I was just going to say, this is the same guy who did um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And a Lego movie. Maybe they're all going to be Lego characters. Yeah. We could do with more Lego movies. Although, um, I have to say, um, looking at some of the cast list here, they've got other people in it, such as Michael Sheen and Antonio Banderas as well. Now, that's got to be a bit of a interesting lineup for a movie, wouldn't so, you say? Do you Michael reckon we'll get a cameo from uh, Puss in Boots from Shrek? <laughs> Whoa, oh, that's another twist. But I was just thinking, um, Michael Sheen and Robert Downey Jr., two guys who have been 
got serious history of drug abuse and partying hard. And Antonio Banderas um, has has a history of being a bit of a party animal as well. So um, we've we've got three of the um, party boy studs of the era all coming together in one movie. I can see I can see the the after party for this has been quite a blowout. <laughs> I reckon uh, with the voice actors for the animals, I reckon it's going to be the same sort of CGI we saw in the live action Lion King. Yeah, probably. Well, maybe even the same as what they had in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Even the Michael Bay version. Um. Well, no, the latest one, which Jonathan Liebsman was in. That, that would be very interesting. All right. Well, we'd better move on to uh, exploration of another faraway realm. Bucky has something to do with water on the moon. I wish I had something to do with water on the moon. Um, but, yeah, no, there's um, a study, a couple of studies that are going on looking at um, water on the moon to aid in building a base and future exploration. So um, if you cast your mind back, I'm just trying to make sure I get the correct name. You remember Laddie, the NASA um, or moon lunar orbital study unit that they had floating around up there for a little while is this uh related to the time they basically dropped the kinetic energy bomb onto the moon um i don't remember the kinetic energy but they had a mass spectrometer in it and a lot of um other sensor array data that were studying the atmosphere and so forth on the moon in orbit so um you yeah, mean the, you mean the LRO? Um, I'm, LRO. Uh, that's the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter. No, I'm talking about LADEE. L A D double E. Oh. Yeah, I'm thinking of um, a couple of years ago now. They used a um, a kinetic energy weapon, basically, okay. as a uh, a penetrator to uh, a simulated meteorite. They wanted to use a solid chunk of copper to blow a crater into the moon and then study the uh, the dust that gets kicked up. Because okay, they yep. know what's in the copper, so they can analyse that and filter it out. Okay. Um, no, well, this was... Um, I don't know. I don't know if that was on the um, Laddie spacecraft. But Laddie was um, 2013, 2014. And it, they, they've been going through all the different data, looking at... Um, known meteorite showers that struck the moon and they've also found others that were previously had avoided notice and they're discovering the fact that there's um, water being released into the atmosphere when the meteorites strike so whether that and it's not all coming from the meteorites some of it's actually coming from the surface of the moon so the good thing with that is it looks there's further research required which means they've got to send people to the moon to dig below the surface to find out what the um, moisture content is to help plan with building a state, uh, an actual um, base on the moon for future research. And, yeah, it's easier to launch an interplanetary spaceship from the moon than it is from Earth. Yeah, I think I found the, uh, the mission I'm thinking of. It was called Elcross. The Lunar okay. Crater Observation and Sensing Satellite okay. back in two thousand and nine. Yeah. Now, well, um, the the Laddie one, which I got on here, in this was um, it was managed by NASA's Ames Research Center in Silicon Valley, and it's actually detected vapor using the neutral mass spectrometer. So, yeah, they're looking at the. I got to make sure I get the correct term here. Um, the exosphere of gases around the moon so apparently the the moon isn't dry and barren it just hides its water kind of like myself on the outside it's maybe not necessarily all that appealing but deep down it's all nice and soft and squishy yeah keep the the tinder profile to yourself mate (laughs) (laughs) ah you're just jealous because i thought of it first Bucky's best pickup line ever. <laughs> oh no, I'll, I'm not going to tell what my best pickup line is. Yeah, he doesn't want to share it in case we beat him with it. <laughs> Although it does, it it does um, put a new question into the whole thing. Was there life other planets? I highly doubt there was ever life on the moon. I wouldn't be surprised if there was 
at least proto-life on Mars. And I don't know enough about the other planets, except maybe I think Titan could have uh, water-based life. Mm -hmm. So that's actually one of the um, interesting things out of this article is they talk about the fact they use the term water for um, when they talk about some of these liquids, but they're using it to discuss um, water as H2O and also hydroxyl, which is OH for its chemical signature which is a more reactive relative of the HDO. So, yeah. Um, That's worrying because they refer to water as the universal solvent. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to take a shower in a hydroxyl. Well, yes, um, it could be a bit of an interesting side effect. So, yeah, they've got to, they, they got to work out exactly what it is and... So like, that's the reason why I say like when they talk about um, the water on Titan, my understanding is that's more it's actually not even hydroxyl, it's more acidic. Okay. Um, but they haven't actually had anything go down and collect a sample to be able to tell us exactly what it is. So yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they say that um, they would need to process a ton of regolith to collect sixteen ounces of water, mm -hmm. which is annoying. They use metric ton of regolith, sixteen ounces ounces of water. Get your system straight, people. <laughs> hey, all I know is um, the exciting part about this is the fact that they're saying they need to have someone go to the moon. Yeah. And this is this is going to be upsetting NASA because NASA said they're not planning to send anyone to the moon in the near future. <laughs> but now they've got to because they've got to know what the answer to this because then they can build a space station up there. Although if they only uh, send one person, I've seen how this movie goes. Uh oh. <laughs> well, it can't be Moved just one by, person. Uh, Duncan Jones. It can't be one person. It's got. It's got to be a team. Yeah. And then we. And then we can have the man on the moon, not the moon, not the Martian. <gasps> I just worked out. Hey. Okay. We... Put put this episode back. We've got to get a script written up. We're going to be millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> I just worked out what we can do with all the politicians we don't have any use for. We can send them to Mars. <laughs> well, in uh in uh, sorry who was it who wrote it arthur c clark's rama books well rama book the others weren't written by him the moon is the seat of interplanetary government mm -hmm. because it's relatively easy to get to from anywhere in the um for the majority of the population of the solar system and it the gravity isn't too strong so if you come from a low gravity environment you're not gonna be crushed mm -hmm. but um yeah, that's an interesting point, but I, the thing I was aiming at was we could actually um, twiddle with the wires while, after we got all the politicians on board and the spaceship goes the wrong way and goes to the sun. It's actually the uh, kind of the plot of a um, movie that's coming out soon. I'm actually starting to read the ah. original. It's an epic poem by, I think, a Swedish guy called Aniara, okay. where a group of people on a spaceship who aren't really... Um, like equipped for this sort of stuff, get sent out or accidentally thrown out of the solar system on a one-way trip because something goes wrong with the navigation system. Oh, okay. Sounds similar to Space 1999. I, um, I can't say I've seen that one either. Space 1999? Um, yeah. That was an early, that was a late 70s, early 80s series where the moon explodes and there's, a, there's moon base Alpha is okay. cast out so it's traveling as a giant asteroid or something through space yeah well um aniara apparently the movie just came out in um i know it will come out next month in the u.s so uh we could arrange to go and see that as a uh nerds amalgamated movie night sounds good i wonder though if uh there's water on the moon you can make well it's an absolutely tiny amount but you can make pretty much anything out of the materials on the moon. So I wonder what uh, what we could actually use it for. That would be worth the huge amount of energy to to put together a mission to the moon and build stuff there. Um, well, as I said, the, due to the low gravity and reduced atmosphere, launching spaceships and having that as a spaceport is actually it's easier to operate from there than it is to operate from anywhere else. Yeah. I wonder though if um, if the density of uh, <clears throat> of water in the regolith is high enough to be worth mining. Maybe, maybe not. But they've got to have fluid there for people to drink. So 
I wonder oh. what's its monetary what the monetary value of Moon Reward will more than we well, can afford. The cost of shipping the backs not going to be making it very viable, especially when you can go grab yourself some um, asteroids that are just pure ice that are floating around. I wonder what space water tastes like. Will it taste better than the uh, glacier water I had in Norway? Um, probably not because anything like that you get, you get you're going to have to have had filtered pretty yeah. seriously. So yeah, it's not going to really taste as much. It's probably not as pure as uh, glacier water either. Probably not. Well, it, it, it will be. It will be pure. It will be. It'll be a lot purer because it'll probably the filtration will reduce it down to just pure H2O. True. The Whereas glacier, glacier water would be um, all sorts of other inclusions. The concentration levels would be pretty. Yeah, I agree with Buck on. Crikey, I'm feeling scared now. So you know how there's like booze clubs where you get little bottles of whiskey or whatever shipped to you. Mm-hmm. What about water club? Glacier water, asteroid water, moon water. Um, well, I know that there already are water clubs that um, they have glacier water, iceberg water. Like there's a, a Japanese company where buying bottled water from, like they have bottled water where it's like $600 or $6,000 a bottle. I can't remember the exact price, but they have teams of guys who go out and they find the biggest and bluest iceberg that they can find, and they drag it back to a ship that cuts it up and melts it down. So you're drinking water that was last water thousands of years ago. So they actually got there. So there is already a water club. Okay. And there are, and there are water snobs. Imagine, imagine going to a restaurant in the near future and you go, um, this is uh, Chateau the Iceberg. This was made in 2019. Would you like to drink? It'll be like wine. Um, I'd probably slap you just for talking weird. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, it looks like we've missed out on that million dollar plan. Oh. But I'm sure we'll come up with one one day. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Actually, Wil- I think it was Wilbur Smith wrote a book where they were talking about, or it might have been Clive Cross, where they are talking about going up and snagging um, icebergs. And that was back in the 70s or 80s. I was talking about going up and snagging icebergs and turning it into bottled water because it would be the purest water in the world. So, Okay. Well, it uh, turns out that Sega has lost their million-dollar idea recently. They've had a, uh, just in the last couple of days, their patent on the gameplay of Crazy Taxi expired. Oh, shucks. Mm, nuts. Yeah. Some really... Interesting that they allow you to patent this sort of stuff, but uh, the key elements from what I understand of this patent they had, which you can find in our show notes, are uh, the field that bounces civilians out of your way. Uh, it says here, a permits characters to be present in a city and can prevent cruel images of collisions with characters. But that's and the also, whole fun point of it was seeing... So you could run into people and see them go splatter across the windscreen, wasn't it? Hello, FBI. <laughs> we already had that. It's called Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, but it's always fun to run over people. Because he also did the same in Driver and a number of other games as well. Yeah, there's um, enough games that implement this, actually. I think Driver San Francisco had this sort of thing, which makes me wonder what they did, because um, I don't think that was made by Sega, was it? I can't remember. Driver, that's made by Ubisoft. Yeah. So is it Sega or Sega? Um, I think I've always pronounced it Sega. Yeah. yeah. I, call it, I call it both. But... As I understand it, if you lived in Australia, you call it Sega. If you come from the UK or the US where they had actual TV ads for it, you call it Sega. And I've been watching too many uh, foreigners on YouTube, so... Well, we had um, ads out here for the Sega Master System. Okay. And then they had there was the next generation Sega Dreamcast, but maybe they just figured because we're Australian, it's we're not going to be pompous and so forth. They've got to go with the our standard approach to everything, where we either shorten it or we just we're not going to go with it. Oh, uh, it's it's the Sega Dreamcast. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Yes, <laughs> or um, as um, Kylie Minogue said, you. Australians are going to shorten the name of it. So when she had her 
um, perfume she released. Everywhere else in the world, it was Darling. In Australia, it was going to be Dal. <laughs> I'll have a bottle of Dal, thanks. That's one of the most Aussie things we've ever heard of someone doing. And we loved her more and more for that. Yeah, so um, there's another element to this patent that um, is the navigation system with the arrows from the original Crazy Taxi. Apparently that was also covered under this. Okay, so does that mean that we're going to be able to have those same arrow controls now being used for um, dance, dance, mega dance in the arcade simulations? I don't know, but... um. Well, it doesn't seem like they've ever spent any time actually going after anyone that I can think of. Because I can think of a bunch of games that use the uh, NPC dodge mechanic, but um, I've never heard of anyone actually being sued for it. Okay. It reminds me of the uh, patent against having loading screen minigames, which was owned by, I think, Sega as well. But uh, that expired a couple of years ago. Unfortunately, after we had all moved to SSDs and didn't need loading screen entertainment anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, loading screen loading games was actually owned by Namco Bandai. All right. And that's set to expire as well. Well, that was a couple of years ago, I thought. Oh, 2015. Yep, yep, you're right. He'll catch up eventually. Yeah. And um, I like this quote from the, uh, the patent. Um, game players can drive freely in places other than streets which are in the town. In a case that the free drive in the town is enabled, the game players might collide with people in the virtual space, but images of hitting people must be avoided, because recently it is strongly required to avoid cruel game images. That's just, uh, I remember the context of that from 1998, I think, yep. So uh, the application filed in uh, 1998, and all of the extremely gory games that came out in 1998. (laughs) Wait, there was a, there were a couple of other like driving games which were similar to that mechanic, but weren't gory. Like for example, Midtown Mad. I think that came of a, a wrong game. I don't know you're the one telling the story. Midtown Mad. Oh, that came out 1999. The demo. Okay. Well, anyway, the uh, most interesting part of this is that the patent was uh, seems to have originally been filed for a motorbike race racing game. Okay. Because uh, the whole um. Patent refers to the motorbike, and uh, there are images of a sort of arcade machine motorbike that you sit on and play. I think I remember that game. Yeah, I feel like I've seen it in an arcade somewhere, but I haven't been in one in a long, long time. The legal uh, wording is really janky. In the race game apparatuses of one kind, one main road extended from a point A to a point B is set, and game players compete in times they take to arrive at the point B from the point A. I assume, like, some of that's a bit of English. The uh, rest is probably legal requirements. Mm-hmm. But it is, uh, it's a fun summary to read. Does that mean you can now incorporate this into your game? I don't know. I'm not a, a patent lawyer, but I assume so. Now, if only I was making a racing game. Well, you could employ similar. Like, um, I know when um, I was looking, I was watching an interview with the guys who were behind. Um, uh, what's the one from E three? The motorbike that we were looking at last year, the PS four. Uh, Days gone. Days gone. Yeah. Um, they spent a lot of time where they were working on the mechanics for the motorbike, so that you would enjoy the. You would fall in love with the bike and the, and the mechanics of riding the bike and updating the bike and so forth and making it your own. So they had to work on the mechanics of the bike, but then they also went and changed the mechanics of the world. So here you go. You could have a game where it's you're racing around on a motorbike or in a car and make it an open-world scenario similar to um, Assassin's Creed or Skyrim. I'm making a side-scrolling beat-em-up, so probably not. Wasn't, oh, well. there, wasn't there a similar game as, as what you described, but is that a game called Midnight Express? That's the one. Yeah, played that. That was fun. But that was... Um, oh, not, not Midnight Express. That was more um, car racing. Oh, you got motorbike. It's Midnight Club. Yeah, Midnight Club Express. That was um, car racing. And they had a few different ones because you had the Midnight Express Dub Edition, which had some really nice cars in it. And you could 
modify your cars and so forth. So, but yeah. Yeah, I think I... I... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, as, uh, my memory serves me right, yeah. The first one you can ride with a motorcycle and dub, I think, yeah. It, it, they just went down to cars, yeah. But that was a good, that was a good concept. Went, went down to cars. Yeah, it was a rig- um yeah, it was um, his ability to customize the player's vehicle over, yeah, uh, with the exception of all Class A's except motorcycles. Oh, it's been, like I said, it's been a while since I last played the Midnight Except games. motorcycles. So you've literally just spent the last five minutes talking about motorcycles in a game that doesn't have motorcycles. Oh, it did have motorcycles. Midnight Club. Wait, you just said everything except motorcycles. That's for when you modify it. Okay. So you can't modify a motorcycle in a club game. You can only modify the car. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's move on of the week. What have you been playing, Bucky? Um, well, I've been playing um, Car Simulator 2015, but I've also just updated that so that I'm, I've joined in with everyone else that's downloading a free copy of Assassin's Creed Unity and... Yeah, just out of the fact that it's been released available for free by Ubisoft. So if you haven't got it, you can now go get it for PC. And the hopes are that people will donate a bit of money to help the rebuilding of Notre Dame. So how is Car Mechanic Simulator, though? I think That's, we've covered this before, haven't we? We have. I it's, it's a game I go back to every now and again because it's fun to sit there and just work on a car and play around with it that way and it's a lot less messy than going out and tearing my car apart i was gonna say i've got a friend who gets paid for that but i guess the mess factor is something to consider i i, I enjoy working on cars and that sort of stuff it's just more a matter of having the time and space and equipment so yeah but yeah you get to you you work on cars and you have your mechanics workshop and you build up your experience and you get more and more advanced uh, um, capabilities and options to do on cars and you can strip cars down so you're taking away pretty much all of the engine block ink by component and um, same with the steering and or the drive system that's fun have you ever played my summer car i don't think so it's a drunk finnish guy building a rally car simulator Uh, okay now well i i played one with a drunk swedish guy not a drunk finnish guy Okay. But the drunk the drunk Swedish guy was sitting next to me in the room at the time, though, which is a, a lot of fun because the drunker he got, the harder it was to understand him. Might have been the fact that the drunker he got, the less he could speak English. Yeah, so um, in my summer car, you play as a guy who is trying to build a rally car, and you can turn on survival mode, so you have to eat and drink and manage going to the shops to buy food. Okay. But you start the game with um with a garage full of parts and a car body. And you have to assemble it. I tried to do it without any knowledge of cars. Well, beyond the basics, of course. I uh, ended up starving to death outside the front door of the shop, though. (laughs) I was literally climbing the stairs to the shop when I kneeled over and died. Well, I I have to admit, I um, do love the Finnish culture with regards to rally driving and rally cars they actually have competitions where there's actually a price limit on the amount that you can spend on cars they're all going to be worth i think it was like 1500 um euro or 1500 dollars and at the end of the race anyone is allowed to come up to you and say i want to buy your car and you must sell the car and go build yourself a new one yeah i've heard of that actually uh rally advertisements were pretty much the first thing i saw coming across the uh Norway Finland border. Mm-hmm. They so, like their cars there. There's not much else to do except get drunk and drown in a lake. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you can only do that in summer because 
in winter that like is going to be solid. Yeah. There's a reason hydraulic press channel play with explosives so much. You got nothing else to do, might as well have some fun. That's it. And I always keep telling people I've got Scandinavian blood in me because oh, I know from my family her- heritage, but I've, I reckon I fit in quite well up there. All right, so uh, what have you you been playing, DJ? I've been playing Apex Legends. And... Still. Oh, dude, it's I, I've been doing I've been taking more um, kills uh, to an av- to a point where I'm averaging about one or two kills per match. You're actually getting kills now. Oh yeah, yeah. My favorite weapon for this for matches now is the shotgun. I think the uh, my favorite one is the EV nine auto. EVA nine auto. Sounds like we're gonna have to do another games night soon, and you're gonna have to carry us because <laughs> yeah, uh, every match that I've got on tape here that I'm editing, we do terribly. But that's because we're not playing on console. We're only, we're playing on PC. Master race peasant. <laughs> Crow. Right. Uh, Before we have to kill the DJ, I've been playing Age of Empires 2 HD. Talk I, about uh, peasants. Yeah, <laughs> can't play that on a console, can you? Can you, DJ? I got together with a group of friends the other night, and we played a couple of uh, custom game modes. Some of them are horrifically unbalanced, but the one we spent the most time playing was called... I can't remember now, actually. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that I sounds, like a, that sounds so cool. You bastard. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, going uh, to be married, thank you very much. Oh, oh, um, but by the way, Professor, you were saying can't play that on a, game, on a console? Um, you can. Yeah. <laughs> can't play the modded games on a console. Mm. Age of Empire 2. Can you even play the HD edition on a console, though? I think so. Really? Console, consoles have come a long way. Yeah, but can I walk into EB Games and buy Age of Empires 2 HD on a console? Um, I don't know. I haven't been into EB Games for a while. Yeah, me too. Would you like to be the Would you like to be the guinea pig? We we might have to contact our um resident expert next time we we talk to her and um, see what she says. Yeah. So um, we uh, played the mode that has uh. You start with four castles. Oh, and... oh, 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 hello. Hang on. Age of Empires 2 platforms. Whoa, hang on. This is going <laughs> to HD edition, though. This is, uh, yep. Um, HD it, um, platforms. Microsoft Windows. Uh oh. <laughs> Mac OS. So you can even play it on Apple. That's still technically a PC. PlayStation 2. <laughs> yeah, but that's not HD. That's using shitty console graphics. Yeah, but um, this is for Age of Empires 2, Age of Kings. Um, I'm pretty sure that the HD edition, because the PS4 has got some ridiculously high graphic capabilities. So I think you you might be going to regret this one. Keep your peasantry away from me. (laughs) You are tainting, tainting this podcast. But anyway, the mode we were playing, you start with four castles and can only produce your nation's uh, castle unit. Mm-hmm. And every certain number of kills, you unlock rewards and you can bank. Well, certain uh, kill milestones earn you monks who are currency in this mode. And you spend your monks on buying upgrades to your units and... Uh, one of my favorites is the blow up everything in the center of the map option. Mm-hmm. So you just wait for a couple of people to go and you're having a big fight in the center of the map and walk a couple of monks over into it, all die. Sounds cool. Yeah. So um, let's move on to the shout outs. This week we have uh, the 15th of April this year, uh, the Notre Dame de Paris Cathedral caught fire. Which, interestingly enough, was on the same night as the Alaska, or Alaska, however you pronounce it, sorry, uh, mosque in Jerusalem. So, coincidence? I think yes, probably. But it is interesting that two um, very old cathedrals caught fire in the same night. Except one of them isn't a cathedral. It's the same thing. They're all the same Um, thing. We'll just like to take a moment here to say that (laughs) He is expressing his own opinion 
please do not come after the rest of the Nerds Amalgamated cast and crew. I mean, it's not like they even have different gods. Get some originality, people. At least the Scientologists have their own book. Once again, we just wish to say <laughs> Come at me! <laughs> Before we start the international incident, um... I'll fight you all! <laughs> um, just to go back a second here, Age of Empires 2 HD is on the Xbox. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I will end you both. <laughs> On the on the sixteenth uh, of April, eighteen fifty, Marie Tussaud, known for her wax sculptures, and Madame Tussaud, or yes, it's Tussaud, isn't it? Tussaud. The uh, Tussaud. Okay. Uh, the wax museum founded in London died of pneumonia at eighty-eight in London. On the sixteenth of April, nineteen seventy-seven, David Soul of Starsky and Hutch had a number one hit on the U.S. pop charts. Which was "Don't Give Up on Us, Baby." And the uh, it's on the 16th of April this year. Monty Python's Life of Brian turned 40, and he's um, not the Messiah. He's just a very naughty boy. That movie's so good. Mm-hmm. Yes, famous for one of the the greatest scenes of sniggering with um, Pontius <laughs> Pilate and his friend Biggest Dickus. I love that the uh, the story goes that the guards in that scene were told, if you laugh, you won't get paid. So they're genuinely there trying not to laugh at the antics going on around them. Mm-hmm. But uh, so on the 16th of April, an Israeli university, uh, Tel Aviv University School of Molecular Cell Biology and Biotechnology, announced that they've managed to 3D print a heart from human cells. It's only a little thing, really, in the photo they've put out. Just a cute little thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you realise um, your heart in real life is only about the size of your fist. Yeah, this and one's the size of a rabbit's heart. Yeah, you can. Hey, you know how they have um, in China? They have those key rings where you have um, fish in a plastic oh. bag. Oh yeah, the little tortoises thing. Yeah. Yeah, or tortoises, fish, all sorts of things. Here you go. The Israelis are going. Well, we're going to see you and go one better. We're going to give you a heart in a plastic cube as a key ring. <laughs> so uh this week's remembrances we have on the 14th of april gene wolf the american science fiction and fantasy writer who was um famous for his book of the new sun series died of cardiovascular disease at 87 in peoria illinois um and on the 15th of april 2019 winston l shelton the American inventor, electrical engineer, and entrepreneur who was awarded 76 U.S. patents as an individual or as part of a team with many corresponding patents, uh, including home washing machines, preparation of food in quick service restaurant industry, and fine dining. Um, his technologies developed while he was at General Electric is still in use after more than 50 years, and he invented the... Collectromatic, the first pressurized fryer that did not require interrupting production to fil- filter shortening while cooking, and controlled vapor technology, a cooking method using water vapor. That sounds like a fun one to try to do in my kitchen. I'm thinking that's just steaming your food. Yeah, but presumably this is going to be under pressure of some sort. Mum and Dad, if you're listening to this, I'm not going to blow up the house. <laughs> yeah. On the uh, 16th of April, 1958, we have Rosalind L.C. Franklin, the English chemist and X-ray crystallographer who is um, central to understanding the molecular structure of DNA, RNA, viruses, coal, and graphite. She uh, was working on the X-ray diffraction of DNA, which um, discovered the double helix shape, and the Nobel Prize went to not her. The um, Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine, 1962, went to James Watson, Francis Crick, and Morris Wilkins. Watson said that uh, Franklin would have 
possibly gotten a Nobel Prize in Chemistry along with Wilkins, but there was no uh, rule against posthumous awards. And they, but even so, they didn't make posthumous nominations. She died of bronchopneumonia, secondary carcinomatosis, and ovarian cancer at 37 in Chelsea, London, the 17th of April, 1790. Benjamin Franklin, famous for doing just about everything, including holding a kite in a storm, uh, bifocal glasses, and the Franklin stove. Mm-hmm. He um, founded the library company, uh, Philadelphia's first fire department, and the University of Pennsylvania. And he was uh, probably the most famous of America's founding fathers. You've got to wonder, with the flying the kite in the storm, was that actually originally just, was he doing it for science, or was it just because he was a bit of a, a booze hound and party animal? Was it he just got bored and thought... You know, this wind in this storm is looking so good. I wonder how high I can get my kite and how big a kite I can fly. And then because it was getting so strong, he thought, I need to add some weight. And because they had really big, huge, heavy keys, he thought, I need to give it some weight on the bottom. So I'm going to put a key to weight it down on this side here. And then that he got struck by lightning and he was like, crikey, I've discovered electricity. Honestly, I think we've all been there where at some point during a storm we've thought, let's go fly a kite. I do whatever. I get really good winds down here with storms. I want to go out and fly a kite. Yeah, I, uh, last time I flew a kite, a uh, bat got caught in the string, so... Ouch. Yeah, it got free before it uh, flew down and killed me, though. But somewhere out there there's a vampire who's had a rather bad day. <laughs> Anyway, Benjamin Franklin died of pleurisy at 84 in Philadelphia. On the 17th of April 2016, Doris Roberts, who was an actress in uh, The Honeymoon Killers, Little Murders, Hester Street, um, and many, many others. Including Everyone Loves Raymond. Yes, Everyone Loves Raymond. And uh, was also in one of the Medea films. Have you guys ever seen any of them? Um, I've actually seen. Looking, looking at the list here, there's quite. A, there's actually quite a number of them I have seen. Okay. So I hear about them, but I've never actually seen one. Anyway, she died of a stroke at ninety in Los Angeles, California, on the seventeenth of April this year. Kazuhiko Kato, uh, or Kato, the known by the pen name Monkey Punch, who was a Japanese manga artist. Uh, Actually, professor of manga animation at Otome University. I didn't know that was something you could be a professor for. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, this guy's this guy's very legendary. He's famous for his series um, Lupin the Third. Pretty good yeah. series to check out. Mm-hmm. He died of pneumonia at eighty-one in uh, Sakura, Chiba, on uh, April eleventh. Actually, we've got a uh, we've got a typo in the show notes there, DJ. Oh no, no it's not a typo. That's so. It's basically. He died on the 11th, but they announced his death on a couple of days ago. Okay. Sorry. So, famous birthdays. Uh, the 16th of April, 1952, Billy West, who is surprisingly old. Uh, he played in uh, Ren and Stimpy, Doug, and was about half the characters in, um, in Futurama. Futurama. Yes. I don't know how I lost that there for a moment. He was also the voice of Buzz. The the bee from the Honey Nut Cheerios ad. Yes. And is the current voice of the Red M&M. That guy's got such a range. I had no idea he was that old. Well, Have that's you... like, um, was it Mel Blanc? Do you, I don't know if you remember him. Oh, yeah. He, oh, no, he used to do the voice, the, um, voice for most of the Warner Brothers characters. Oh, yeah. So he used to do Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, um... Porky Pig, end up doing um, adverts for American Express in his later years and would have an, an entire conversation with himself doing all the different characters. And, man, it was fun to watch. Yep. Now, it uh, looks like we've just uh, lost the DJ again. Oh, no, oh, no he's, he's back. back. So uh, on the 17th of April, 1962, we 72. have... 1972, yes. We have, not that Jennifer Ga- we have Jennifer Garner, who was in uh, Pearl Harbor, and uh, was Sydney Bristow in Alias. There goes the DJ again. Now, I found out today that uh, Alias was written by J.J. Abram, 
who actually got Kevin Mitnick, the famous computer hacker, in as a uh, cameo as a, um, I think, a CIA agent. Um, reading uh, Kevin's auto- like autobiography. Yeah. There was a few bits and pieces, like some of the people they actually had that appeared in Alias. Um, there were actually a few cameo appearances of people who were um, CAI operatives and NSA analysts and so forth. It was one of the things they loved to try and do. It was kind of like spot, spot the spy. They'd That's normally have them, cool. in, have them in as um, the most innocuous positions, though, for some of them. Um, like I remember there was one of them where the spy, the, 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 they had a um, CIA recruiter and training officer who had been burnt from being able to do operations because their identity had been revealed by Congress. And they were in one of the shows and they were playing the part of someone working in a coffee shop. But the, um, it turned out this particular person was someone who actually helped train Jennifer Garner in some of her behavior as the character. That's pretty cool. It uh, is. She was also in uh, as a cameo in Catch Me If You Can, which is mm-hmm. about the famous con man Frank Abnegale. Mm-hmm. So uh, she rubbed shoulders with a lot of uh, infamous people. She has. She was in 13 Going on 30, Daredevil and Electra, Juno, The Invention of Lying, uh, Valentine's Day, Dallas Buyers Club, and uh, Love, Simon. And most recently, I think, is is it Spearmint or Peppermint? I don't know. I haven't heard of that one yet. Um, it's out this year um, or last year. Um, she's uh, the wife of a man who's gunned down and she goes and gets revenge. Okay. So... Um... Our next birthday pe- pe- is the... Peppermint, oh, sorry. Peppermint, okay. Our next birthday is the 17th of April, 1959. Sean Bean, or Seen Bean, or Sean Bon, depending on how you argue the pronunciation should go. The English actor famous for never living through a movie. Or series. Yeah. Even in The Martian, his career was completely killed. He's famous for The Lord of the Rings, uh, GoldenEye... And most recently, Game of Thrones and the games Elder Scrolls Oblivion, uh, Sid Meier's Civilization VI, and saw him in something, yeah, Hitman 2. He's uh, one of the elusive targets. He's called the Immortal. And the uh, backstory is that he's survived all these other assassination attempts. So the only one who can get the job done is Agent 7. Mm-hmm. Although I have to say, I loved his role in Ronan back in 1998, in which he's um, playing the part of a guy who's supposedly been part of the SAS and he goes absolutely crazy after first little bit of action. Okay. I take it you haven't seen that one yet. No, I haven't. I was uh, assuming by the name it was going to be about a um, samurai. Yeah. No, um, it's Robert De Niro, um, Jean, Jean, Jean Rousseau, or Reno, um, and a number of, like, it's a pretty star studded cast. Um, okay. And they're all like ex spies or criminals, and they've got to try and steal a briefcase from the Russian mob. So, yeah, um, definitely something to watch. He doesn't get shot in that one, but he's told he has to forget that they've ever, he's ever heard the names. So he didn't make it to the end of that movie either. Oh. Um, the next one is the 18th of April, 1927. Samuel P. Huntington, the American political scientist who coined the term Cold War, and his um, he argued the future wars would not be between countries, but between cultures, and that Islamic extremism would become the biggest threat to world peace. He was born in New York City, New York. Some, he had some interesting foresight there about the rise of ISIS, the other uh, extremist group, for yeah, but... uh, 1993. I wasn't aware of any uh, particularly big extre- like terrorist groups around then. Um, well, you were seeing the rise of some of the stuff because um, they'd had this, all the issues that had been happening for over a decade with Iraq and Iran. Um, they had already had the invasion of Kuwait and... It was Desert Shield in 1991. 
um, where they pushed Saddam Hussein out of Kuwait. Um, there'd also been a number of other groups coming up and causing problems around Yemen and places like that. Sorry, I'm just struggling to remember all the different bits and pieces here, but yeah. Yeah, it was also so long ago. Um, like I think I was only a teenager then, but yeah, there was a lot of a lot of this sort of stuff was happening. So there was already a lot of the indication that there were these pretty severely extreme operationals happening. So yeah, um, and when you look at the uh, Middle East region, there's been a quite a number of extremist clashes over the years. So, yeah, saying that you're going to get an extremist group coming out of that area is kind of like saying you're going to get a cup of water out of the ocean. Not that I'm trying to be offensive. It's just you've got to love the passion and fervour of the people from the Middle East. Watch out think... is uh, Samuel's ghost will come and haunt you for saying that it was obvious that this was going to happen. Well, he's, I, I think he even would have said it's obvious it's going to happen. He was just... The voicing it saying you, you you realize this is going to happen and you lot are being stupid creating more and more of these problems he said he probably said it in a polite way yeah he probably didn't try to grab the president by the tie and yell you idiot he probably wanted to um considering the fact that in 1993 that was um george bush senior so yeah like honestly you gotta wonder about george bush senior your father, George Bush Jr., to start with. Like, that's just straight away a bad mark against the name. Yes, uh, Bush family, if you want to airstrike us, please don't. Yeah. For, Actually, uh, given the given the history of the, the Bush family with their airstrikes, I'd probably actually survive and they get my neighbours or someone else. There's, anyway, a school down, there's a school down the road. They'll probably hit that. Oh, no. We're never going to be able to go to America. We'll be on all of the uh, lists of subversive persons. We can hope. So, anyway, our events of interest this week starts with the 16th of April, 1705. Anne of England knighted Isaac Newton at Trinity College in Cambridge. Mm -hmm. um, on 16th of April, 1943, Albert Hoffman accidentally discovers the effects of LSD. Intentionally takes the drug three days later on April 19th. And I think you said that uh, back then was April nineteenth was a Friday, didn't you, Bucky? Um, I said I actually I said I wonder was April the nineteenth, nineteen forty three, a Saturday, a Friday night, and was he just gearing up for a good weekend? Um, so nineteenth, uh, April the nineteenth was a Monday. Ah, say so, well, um, there you go. Show how good high. a week it was. Yeah. Um, on the 18th of April, 1909, Joan of Arc is beatified in Rome. And on the 18th of April, 1983, Alice Walker becomes the first woman of colour to win the Pulitzer Prize for fiction for her book, The Colour, Colour Purple. And which like was made into a movie which gave us Oprah and... Ooh, um, uh, what's her name? Whoopi. Whoopi Goldberg. Yep. So Oprah Winfrey and Whoopi Goldberg. Yes, and I commented on uh, the other day asking whether Whoopi Goldberg still had her eyebrows back then, which it looks like she did, because ever since someone pointed it out to me, I haven't been able to one see it. Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> has no eyebrows. And now you've just passed on that situation to everybody else. Yep. Yeah, it looks like she does have very faint eyebrows in the color purple. Mm-hmm. But that's all uh, we have time for this week. So check us out on Twitter at nAmalgamated. Email us at nerdstoryamalgamated at gmail.com. Harass us on Facebook or listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, or the That's Not Canon.com website, along with all of our podcasting friends from the That's Not Canon family. Mm -hmm. Actually, um, we haven't done the... Um the bingo session this week. So we better oh, yeah. wrap that up quickly. Um, yes. um, all, all hail the penguins, our rulers and overlords. And um, kill two birds with one stone. Check out conspiracy theories that aren't about penguins on Elvis lives. Yes. Um, also, um, remember, the Chinese aren't hackers. They've just got better computer systems. Yep. Um, and what was that other podcast you were saying about for true crime? 
Oh, um, yes, I was talking about a podcast outside our network called My Favorite Murder, who end their shows with Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered. So we have to give them an award and shout out just because that line is epically cool. Not as good as uh, Take Care of Yourself and Stay Hydrated, though. Take care of each other and stay hydrated. That's it. Tali would be so disappointed in me. No, she's a, she's a nice person. Should forgive you. But anyway, that's all for next week. So we'll see you next week. <laughs> Who really? Have I forgotten something? No, as you said, that's all for next week. So we'll see you next week. Yeah, that's all for this week. We will see you next week. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.